is freedom. There is liberty. And this one today, I'm going to talk about a controversial point, the empowerment of the Spirit, or the, um, really known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm living in Abilene, Texas, and I'm in the Bible Belt, and I noticed a controversial item that I'm going to attack and teach you. But I'm going to do it in such a practical way. You're going to say, is that what the Bible says? Now, when you hear this sermon today, you're going to have to blot out everything you might have seen, everything you might have heard, anything you might have experienced, and hear what God says about one of the greatest things that he has given a believer, power from on high to do the work of God, to minister to other people. If you've been born again, we were born again. We've been regenerated by the Holy Spirit to help others be regenerated by the Holy Spirit, to bring people to Christ, to live our lives. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We need that wisdom. We need knowledge. We need all those gifts just to function today. But God loves us so much that he gives us gifts so we can help others become free. Now, this subject is scary because a lot of us experienced some things, seen some things. Some good, some bad. But today I want to teach you what the Bible says about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can we go to Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4? We've been in this, this series for five weeks, and we've been in this scripture. We're talking about Jesus as he died rose up and empowered the disciples to do the work that he had started. And he wanted us as disciples to finish his work. It starts in verse 4. If you, have your, you don't have your Bible, we have it on the screens. If you have your smartphone, make sure you're not doing Angry Birds. Make sure you have your Bible on there. So, amen? Verse 4. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. It's about the 40th day that Jesus showed after he was risen from the grave, showed himself. He's telling the disciples to go into Jerusalem as a team and wait and pray. Ten days later. The, holy, the promise from the Father, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and great things took place through them. We get to the book of Acts. I always call the book of Acts this. Jesus Christ working through the Holy Spirit through the disciples, empowering the disciples. And this is what Jesus is saying. These guys thought that so, Jesus died. I believe it. He was risen. I believe it. He's in front of us. I believe it. They're saying he is unstoppable. So he is the king, and I'll be one of the prime ministers. Jesus, okay, when are you going to start? I'll be the prime minister. You're always going to win. You kick, great, you kick death in the butt. I said the word butt. I'm sorry. We'll, be, we'll work for you. He's saying, no, guys, <laughs> I'm leaving. And you're going to receive a promise to do great things. You're going to start. You're going to spread this thing out. I have to go so I can send the promise from on high. 
I'm empowering you. And then he took off. And they said, that's a great position. He's up there. And they kept looking until the angel said, why do you keep looking up there? He's coming back. You got work to do down here. And you don't believe it? Sometimes we look for the cloud so much, we don't forget the work we got to do. So he tells them, you'll receive the promise. You'll receive the Holy Spirit. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is this, a post-conversion experience of being immersed in the Holy Spirit for power, ministry, revelation, and intimacy with God. Power, ministry, revelation, and intimacy with God. Now, the disciples were receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit was going to come upon them. They had already received. There's two ways of receiving the Spirit. Through one, through salvation when you're born again. That happened to them. In John chapter 20, verse 22. After Jesus came back and, re- and showed himself, they started to believe. Then he told them this. Receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathed on them. I wonder why Jesus breathed on them. Well, it took you back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, when God created man out of the dust of the earth. And it said he breathed life into man, the first creation, the firstborn, Adam. Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit to the disciples, there's a rebirth of mankind through the Spirit. So they received the Holy Spirit. As you gave your life to Jesus Christ, it was the Holy Spirit that led you to God. It was put in you. And you wonder what happened? What's changed? What's changed from the inside? That was the Holy Spirit. Then they were waiting 10 days. So they came together to receive power from on high, the actual baptism. It says come upon them. It means the word, Greek word is epi. Resting or being on top. Resting or being on top. Second word you see in there, baptism. And when you look at the word baptism, in the Greek is baptizo. means to immerse to submerge, to overwhelm, to immerse, to submerge, to overwhelm. It's like water baptism, but it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said I wanted to make this practical because this is such a controversial state issue, especially in West Texas. People get confused on what's going on. So I want to show what it looks like when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Looks like when you're getting baptized in water. And when it says baptizo, means this is us. Now, if you gave your life to Jesus, it's what you receive. But if you get baptized in the Holy Spirit,
to immerse, to submerge all around, implode on top, in charge of, being led by. This is the believer. How am I doing? That's exactly what it means. We shouldn't be afraid of something that God has given. We've been suffering from the Adam syndrome. When God gave Adam and Eve everything, the devil came in and what they said God was a giver. And when he left tricking them, God became suspect. And somehow we've become so suspect when God wants to give us a marvelous gift to do a marvelous work, we become suspect with this. Because of what we've seen or we haven't read our Bibles properly and see exactly what it says. And there's no harm and there's no problem in this. I'm going to break it down for you. We're talking about being submerged. It's going to stay there for a while. Being baptized. Overwhelmed. You can hardly move. How many have been baptized in the spirit before? (laughs) It's a marvelous work. And I apologize if you have seen things that are not biblical. But that doesn't mean you throw it out. Now that you know, you have known, you go with it. And you help those who are off. There's four accounts of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, starting in Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. When the Spirit of God, when they were in the the place and it fell, came upon them. It says, we look at it and it says, it came on their tongues like fire. Like a mighty Russian wind came into the room. And we said, oh, that was strong. And then they were anointed. And they started speaking in these tongues. And we talked about it last week. They started to speak in tongues. Also says there was men from all parts of the world there. From every nation under heaven was there for this festival called Pentecost. And those guys started, back, started speaking in tongues, and a guy from Egypt started understanding what he was saying. I told you about speaking in tongues. Even those overseas will understand what you're saying. He said, wait a minute. These guys are from Galilee. They're Galileans. How come he's speaking and I understand what he's saying? And then what he is actually saying, he's glorifying God. This is crazy. You hear all these guys, well, I'm from, I'm from here. I'm from there. And I understand them too. Who are these guys? I, they, you have to be downtown. Who are these guys? And they started speaking in all these different tongues. And they understood it. And they said they were glorifying God. And you know something, guys? That's where we stop. Because the tongue thing, and I'm going to unpack that today. But one of the greatest things happened is, remember Peter? Remember Peter, the fisherman? I'll go with you everywhere you go, Jesus. And denied him? Don't know him. I really don't know him. And then he, went, he, got, really, he got really bold. He cursed. I don't know that. So he ran away. Upset. Average Joe. Not a, he didn't have a degree. Got baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is what it's about. Stood up. 
He had to tell them because the people were saying, this guy's got to be drunk. They must have went to happy hour or something. So now you go to happy hour. I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. We're not drunk. And then he went to speak and gave one of the most amazing sermon through the Holy Spirit. And said so the Holy Spirit cut him to the heart. So what shall we do? Be baptized and receive Christ. You'll receive the uh, Holy Spirit. And 3,000 people from an average Joe got born again. You know why? Because a baptism of the Holy Spirit, God gives us his spirit, make those who are average to do above average things. Those who are ordinary to do extraordinary works for God. First point on this. You're taking notes. The baptism, the pure, let me put it this way. The primary evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is power. Because what does Acts 1.8 say? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to, do the, uh, to the ends of the earth. You'll receive power to do what? To be a witness. Not to be a spectacle. To be a witness. Because there's work to do. He wants us to preach the gospel outside these four walls, but we need power to do it. And when we get concerned, we get caught up in, we've been chasing the power, but we're not chasing the people. And it only happens in the context of evangelism. Big word. We don't like it. That's not me. Under the power of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter if it's you or not. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 16. You will preach the gospel to all the nation. They believed it. They did it. And it says signs and wonders accompanied them. And as they were going to confirm what they were preaching. When you show up and you ask someone, ask you, what is that joy you have? Because a witness only answers the question. You show up and they ask you why you have all this joy. And you start preaching your testimony. I was a drug addict. I was there. I was, and then God, Jesus brought me back to life. And you think you have an overwhelming personality? The Holy Spirit is working through you. You couldn't make this stuff up. Just like Peter, they, the Holy Spirit cut them through the heart. Peter didn't cut them. The Holy Spirit cut them. Where did Peter get the Holy Spirit? From him. He was empowered to do great things. Guys, can I make it practical? You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit just to raise teenagers. Because they'll make you talk in tongues. My dad gets so mad, he didn't know what to call me. You know? Well, he knew how to swing pretty good. You know how they get, your, your parents get mad? They start, they don't know your name anymore, do they? They're talking in tongues. That means y'all need to get on out of there because something about to blow up. Sterling, I don't do that to people. I only do this handshake. I don't know how to do the other thing you're showing me, bro. I can't do, I'm not, I'm not cool. <laughs> Another account. 
in Acts chapter 8. The Samaritans, the half-Jews, the ones the Jewish hate, the Jews hated. There was all Jews in the first one, but there are Jews in all around the world. God put them in all places of the world to come hear that message. That's why he says, my house will call, be a house of prayer for all nations. All the nations were there when the baptism of the Holy Spirit fell. In Acts chapter 8, the Samaritans received the baptism of Jesus. The guys go down there. Hey, have you received the, the gift, the Holy Spirit? No. They laid hands on them. They received the baptism. Now, I messed them up because now the Samaritans are getting it. Are you kidding me? Acts chapter 10. We see the word. We see tongues in there again. This is Cornelius, who's a Gentile. Every Gentile is a non-Jew. He's talking about us. Salvation moment. Peter goes down to speak. Peter's not supposed to go to a place where there's Gentiles. That's illegal. But he found out when God told him, don't you call unclean what I call everything clean. He goes down. He's speaking. This is Peter's a bad boy. Went from a fisherman to a hero. He starts speaking. Said the Holy Spirit fell on him. Starts speaking in tongues and prophesying. Now, when you read that, you always jump to the signs. And I've taught that before. Oh, the real evidence of baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. That puts people in bondage. The real evidence is power of God, the witness. That demystifies everything. Now, when the, when the gifts show up, hey, they show up because I'm on mission. They need to show up. I've seen some people try to witness to me when I was younger in the military. I didn't want any of that. You got to know Jesus and be miserable like you. No power. Wouldn't show up and go to work. Was always late. And you're persecuting me with my Bible. I figured if you're going to have God, the most powerful force in the universe, you're going to have the Holy Spirit and you're going to have Jesus, you ought to be on time. You ought to be cutting edge. And you ought to be leading. And you shouldn't be failing anything. That's what I was looking for. Guess what, world? So is everyone else. I was good at my job, not because I was good. It's because the Holy Spirit empowered me to be good. Last one, Acts chapter 19. In Ephesus, Paul is in the equation now. And he goes down to Ephesus, talks to them. You received the bat- we only received the baptism that John gave to repent. Oh, you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No. Lay his hands on them. They start to, they start to speak in tongues. They start to prophesy. Paul was on mission to win the world of Jesus. Peter was on mission to win the world of Jesus. The disciples are on mission to win the world of Jesus. Grace Point Church is on mission to win the world of Jesus. When we start getting on mission, whatever we're we, worrying about, tongues and all those other things, they show up. You need a word of wisdom. Jesus showed up in, in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well. He said, go get your husband. Oh, that's not my husband. That's the man I'm living with. I know. He said, I know that. You got five. You have five of them, and that ain't your husband. She says, I can tell that you are a prophet. No, what she saw was a word of knowledge lived out. 
what was he doing? He was on mission to witness. Needed some knowledge. Shows up when you need it. Not to play around with it. Healing shows up when you need it. Because all those things point people to Jesus. The signs, because you want to show, I don't want to be showing up preaching with no power. We got people right now planting churches in Chicago. You think he's showing up? Hey, my name is so-and-so. I want to tell you about Jesus. Got no power in Chicago. First guy led to Jesus. You guys know the mascot of Chicago uh, Chicago, uh, Bulls? The guy that dances around with the Chicago thing on, a dancing cheerleader, a guy. He's a bull, dancing bull. He dances all the way into the kingdom of God. Know why? Because the power of God hit on the church plant. Guys, the thing I'm saying is, like uh, Sterling said, it's in each and every one of us. We're frustrated because we're not accessing it, because we're not on mission. We're sitting around in classrooms debating it. What did he really mean? Let me uh, talk to you about tongues a little bit, because that's one of those things that people really get to tongues. Tongues, again, he uses those manifestation as the spirit wills. And we saw that speaking different type of tongues. You can go to China and be preaching the gospel. And some all of a sudden you come out with a t- something that you don't understand, but that Chinese person understood it perfectly. Then there's a, uh, our prayer language. One thing about our prayer language, the Bible says that it's tough for us. The Spirit helps us to pray in our groanings and moaning, all those things. The prayer in the Spirit at all times. Because our language is inadequate sometimes to reach God. How many gone to a doctor's office? And they tell you, you know, you have this, this condition. I'm glad y'all raised your hands because adults didn't. They're all lying. Anyway, <laughs> you have this condition. You said, Doc, what's going on? He comes up with this, you have this, you have that, and you have that. And what do you tell him? Hey, Doc, give it to me what? Plain in my language that I can what? God is saying, when you speak in tongues in your prayer time, hey, give me in my language that I understand. Now, you're you a parent. You know, how to, you know how to interpret tongues. Because your baby go, ah, it, right? Come on. And they get about three years old, and they you say, that's so good. Well, I said, what'd they say? Well, they want a little bottle. They want to do all that. Now, I hope you're not faking it, but y'all understood what that baby said, didn't you? That's your baby talking. Y'all thinking about it now. Same thing with God. Give it to me some language I can understand. If it's from the Spirit, it's going to come back up to me through the Spirit. I can, you can pray a whole lot more properly through the Spirit, not through your words. And the greatest thing is, the devil can't touch it. He hates when you do it. That's why he makes it so confusing. What are they saying? I don't know, man, but if we don't get out of here, we're in trouble. So work for an organization, have one phone. <laughs> 
Straight line to the boss. Can't tell you who the boss was. But no one can tap into that line. Same way when you're in prayer and you're speaking, you're speaking in tongues and you're praying in tongues. No one can touch that line. You can't even mess it up. You don't know what it's saying, but God said, yeah, it's perfect. See, when we mess it up, it's when we get nervous. The devil tears it up so we won't use it. So then he tears us up. And what we, something that's pure, he counterfeits it. And now there's a proper way of doing it. You won't be seeing that here on Sunday morning, me getting up speaking in tongues. But if you come to one of our prayer meetings, you'll be seeing that. And usually it's accompanied by an interpretation. Someone prayed in tongues this morning. And the guy had said this, that I am, I am known and I will make myself known. Now, you don't know what that is. But at the time the spirit wanted to manifest, like we talked about last week, wants to manifest that, that was for all you guys. God is known. He wants to make himself known in your lives even more. He wants you to kick all these barriers that keep us apart away so we can be more effective in our workplace. We can be more effective on our campuses. We can be more effective on the Air Force Base because, guys, we need power to get this gospel out of the doors. And when you believe in pure, pure things start to take place. How are we doing? Now, receiving this, you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by what? Faith. Galatians 3, verses 2, and I'll go to verse 5. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing it by faith? When you gave your life to Jesus, it wasn't about the law. It's about you heard faith. Verse 5. Does he who supplies God, the Spirit, to you work miracles among you? Yes, he does. Last time I checked. You do so by the works of the law or by hearing with faith. You receive it by faith. Everything we have for the kingdom of God is by faith. That's why a child, they have a lot of faith in parents. You always tell them, we don't have no money for this, but they keep asking because they know you're going to buy it. They got more faith in you getting it than you did yourself. You say, does money grow on trees? Not today, mama, but next week it will. They got faith. You, no one told them they can't. No one told them that it was tainted. No one told them that it was off. They believe. And he says, unless you receive this Bible as a child, you won't believe. You got to take your mind out of this thing. Because when you're walking in the spirit of God, it doesn't make sense. You see me jumping up here and hanging out. You know, I got to help my body's aching. Now, who made me do that? It wasn't me. But you can have that experience every single day of your life, not just in church. Because if you look at the first church, it wasn't founded in a building. It was founded outside. Most of salvations, all the baptisms was outside, not inside. You come inside to get equipped to do the work outside. There's a lot of work to do. It's not about potlucks. Those are fun. But you got to learn something in the potlucks on how to go out and meet people. 
Life group is about meeting people and getting closer to God. We do have issues. We'll always have issues. But them people who don't know Jesus got deeper issues. Come on, somebody. We know the end of our issues. They don't know the end of anything. You receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we must ask. We must ask in faith. Who do we ask? We ask God, one of the greatest scriptures in the Bible. God is the Father. Luke eleven thirteen. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who what? Those who what? Those who what? You don't ask, you don't get it. You don't believe, no power. It's hard to be in this church with no power. You don't understand, ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. He'll give it to you. Last thing is, those, how many have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? One more time. It's a thing called you got to be continually baptized. Keep continually filled with the Spirit. So I have Ephesians 5, 18. Hold, and do not get drunk with wine. That is debauchery. But be filled what? With the Holy Spirit. Not be filled with the world. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember I told you. Let's get back to our glass. Remember I told you this is a one-time experience. And you come up like so. And you're full. It's about a day and a half. Come out of camp. Yeah! And then um, you decide, well, I'll take a couple days off. I'm not going to get in the Bible today. I'm not going to pray today. Got things to do. Too busy. And uh, church, that's optional. Life group. Then you're empty. Now, some of us, we're full. And the way the heat has been coming, on onset of heat in West Texas, it's been amazing. Things have been evaporating. I was telling somebody the other day, I told my wife, she said, why the trees brown? I thought they were pretty yellow. They were dry. Had no water. Some of us, if you don't get up in the morning and pray and seek God's face, the heat and the stress of life will evaporate you in a day. And it's just an empty cup. And then we spend an hour and a half getting you at a point just to maintain but never, ever full. And you wonder why I have all this stress at home. I got, I'm not getting anything accomplished. Kids, I can't understand them. My job, I definitely don't understand. I want to witness to my neighbors, but I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I don't have time. I don't have anything. The more excuses you got, the more the empty you become. And you just do like this. And then all church is a Sunday once a month. And then we say, get out there and touch our city. 
man, I'm just trying to pay my bills because now your perspective is off. Squat here and touch the base. And two people cheer. What about me? Because when you're empty, it all becomes about you. When you're full, you may, you know, nothing changes. That don't go away except you're full. That's the only difference. You're full. And the greatest thing is God made us that we have to, we can take it and we can go back to the job for where it came from every single day. If I see a church, which I believe this is the church, that will get in their Bibles and pray, you won't turn down prayer meetings on Sunday mornings. You won't just show up at 1025 and hope the band gets me there. We're praying so we can help those coming in the door, but we should also have a strategy to touch our city. But it only happens when you're full. And you'll see what God sees when you're full. When you're empty, you only see what you see. And then sooner or later you back off because God isn't real. And the pastor's a jerk. And people at Grace Point Church is a jerk. Jerks. Because you have no purpose. You got no power. Because you walked away from the true mission that you have. You think your job, guys, is to get paid? The reason why you have a job is because God planted you in a place to do something. Everybody wants to do this job and do this, vocational ministry. You have more influence than I do. The minute I tell them I'm a pastor, they got to bring up their Sunday school experience. The reason why you're on campus or you have a job is because those are the people on the job that God wants you to reach. Everything that happened out there and the disciples was out in the marketplace. Wasn't happening in the church. They went to the synagogue. Life wasn't going on too much in the synagogue. Till Jesus showed up and these, oh, he did some healing. They're like, get him out of here. We'd rather stay ordinary. But guys, I'm here to encourage you. Get baptized once. Stay full constant and some of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you've been walking off that that high and things are wearing out on you because you stopped being on mission and on purpose every eye closed every head down